Hey everybody, welcome to You With The Watches Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. There we and go. I'm Devin. And now that we got our sound issues figured out, uh, today we're talking about the uh, 2015 film Trainwreck, starring Amy Schumer and Bill Hader. Uh, it's a weird pick for us, but it'll make sense by the end of the show, I promise. Because there is a reason where you're talking about Trainwreck. Um, but before we get into that, have you guys watched anything new recently? Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of new things. Devin, what have you seen? So I've seen, the, the one I wanted to talk about with you guys is I've seen Jungle Cruise with Rock the Dwayne Johnson. Rock and the Dwayne oh Johnson. Oh boy, okay. Rock, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. I, guys... I really liked this movie. I don't know what you guys thought this movie was going to be. I don't know what I thought this movie was going to be. I really like it. It gave me like Indiana Jones vibes for some reason. I I have heard this film is a mix between Indiana Jones and the Pirates of the Caribbean films. That's exactly how I would describe it. It's got elements of Pirates of the Caribbean to the point where I'm like, oh, they just, they took the thing and they made it in the jungle. Got it. Uh, But then also like you can't, you can't have a character like Emily Blunt's character and not be like, oh, that's just Indiana Jones, but she's female now. And I like that. And I, I, I like her character so much. And I like that it's well-written. Yeah, I I love the movie, guys. I think you should see it. I might make you watch it. Okay, so I almost bought this on Disney Plus this weekend when I had my niece. Um, but I held off. I do want to see this. Mm-hmm. I might take her to the theater and see it because I don't know if I, like, is it worth the $30 to get it on Disney plus? If man, if you could watch it on in theater, I would watch it in theater. It's, I mean, it's definitely got an element of spectacle to it. Okay. It's definitely, I mean, if we're talking about like just pacing of the movie itself, it is breakneck. Like by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's a two hour run. By the time you get to the end of the movie, you're like, so much happened. Why did so much happen in the movie called Jungle Cruise? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the chat, uh, Devin, I'll, ask, I'll, I'll leave this question to you. There seems to be many, too, so many movies based on Disney rides. Do you think there are too many? Do you, is there any rides that you want to see created into a movie that they haven't yet? Man, freaking... I think they could build a good movie around the Tower of Terror. I understand that it's Twilight Zone, but there's a lot there to work with plot-wise. Already exists. No, it doesn't. It does. Where? Uh, It was a made-for-TV movie in the late 90s starring Kristen Dunst and Steve Gutenberg. What? Yeah. Okay. Is it on Disney Plus? It has to be on Disney Uh, Plus. I hope so. Let me look. Well, shoot, this might be something that I watch then. That's exciting. I mean, I didn't know that. Disney Plus. Yeah. I, it, well, my next question was, can you name the other uh, haunted or the other Disney Park ride movies? Yeah. So there's Parts of the Caribbean. There's Jungle Cruise. There's Haunted Mansion. They're doing another Haunted Mansion because they realized they messed it up the first time. They're doing uh, two I more, know. actually. Are we doing two more? Ew. Yeah. They're doing a Muppets version. No, they're not. Yeah, it's coming out this Halloween. That's the only version that I want. That's the yeah. only version I, I want. I love it. Now, look, if we're talking just about the plot of the Haunted Mansion, it is a really cool plot. Like, 
Or, I mean, if you're going to go for like something like Phantom Manor, which is the one in Paris, that's a genuinely cool plot. Like, the ride itself is cool and compelling, and the animatronics are cool, and the scenes are cool. That would translate well to movies in a way that I don't know if Eddie Murphy ever could have done. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know. I think that would be really cool, and I wonder if they're going to crib from some of those better plots in their rides. So can, can you name the other movie rides? Oh, Tomorrowland. That 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 that's a land. But yeah, I'll give you. It's that. like it's adjacent. Yeah, there's one more. There's one more that you haven't mentioned yet. Is it Country Bear Jamboree? It's, it's Country Bears. Yep. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? I f- feel like I've seen pieces of it. I remember going to Country Bear Jamboree when I went to Disney, though. So. I don't know if I want to watch a movie that it was fine. I don't think yeah. let's build a movie out of these bears though. Ew. Starring uh, Haley Joel Osment. No way. They, you know, in the chat, they should make a movie based on Spl- space or splash mountain. Like, why isn't that a movie? Like I would love to see the, the movie themed on Spl- splash mountain. Ooh, Ooh, they, did. Hey. Yeah. they did. They did. <laughs> they did. They did. Striptease. Striptease. If you know what I'm referencing, for anybody watching, I applaud you. If you know what I'm referencing. Um, So I watched a thing. Uh, I I watched an independent film. Uh, I wrote a review for the movie The Exchange, uh, which was written by Tim Cook, who is a writer on The Simpsons. He wrote such episodes as um, New Kids on the Blit and um, (laughs) this past season's Morrissey episode that got some attention. Uh, it's about a kid in the 1980s uh, who signs up for a French exchange student and it, it expects somebody to come over who loves French cinema as much as he does. But instead, he gets this um, handsome, oversexed uh, French teenager instead that everyone falls in love with except for him. Um, it's a very fun film. Uh, Justin Hartley from this is us and Smallville is in it as like the, uh, the school's coach and gym teacher. Uh, he is very, uh, eccentric. He pretty much every time he's on scene on screen, he is like chewing the scenery and I had to explain that to my editor over at Victims about chewing what chewing the scenery was because he'd never heard that expression before. But he does it. He has a, a really weird fake mustache. He kind of reminds me of the uncle from Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> but ahead. a little bit more punchable in the face. Uh, <laughs> but I highly recommend this film. It's available on digital uh, and on demand. Uh, if you want, you can go check out my full review over on victims and villains uh, on their website. You can find it there. Uh, yeah, I just put it, put the link in the Twitch chat. Uh, I have my full review up over there, uh, but it's definitely a film worth checking out. If you get the chance, especially if you like the Simpsons, I, I and it gave me a little, I had a little bit of um, Shit's Creek vibes too, from it. I don't oh, know if it's just shoot. because it was like, a small, small Canadian town. 
or not. But... Was it that that kind of like pacing and humor though? Because I like that from Shit's Creek a lot. With the with the townspeople, yes. Uh, like everyone okay. had their own character and uh, was very different. Like it, every, mm-hmm. every person in the town had their own personality, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan, I mean, how- it, it sounds like a fun movie, though. Yeah, it, it's pretty fun. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Have you watched anything recently? Yeah, um, I actually, I finally got around to watching the Harley Quinn show, which I am very delighted that I actually did. <laughs> I was not expecting to like this show as much as I am. The Harley um, Wonderful. I was the- actually- yeah. This show is probably the best thing to come out of DC universe. Um, it is. And I say that loving doom patrol as much as I love doom patrol. Uh, but Harley Quinn just knocks it out of the park. Uh, the casting is fantastic. Um, I'm convinced that you could have Alan Tudyk in every role in this show. And it would be great because <laughs> not only is he Clayface, he's the Joker. I'm pretty sure he plays some other people in here somewhere. Uh, Kaylee Coco as Harley is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, but Ryan, you finally got what? What made you decide to finally watch it now? That I have access to uh, the app finally. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> Long term. So I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's like I've been going on there and I've been watching a lot of like rerun stuff that I've been able to get my hands on. Um, stuff that I watched in like the '90s, and then I was like, you know. From what you me out about the show, it sounded different enough than the other DC stuff. I'm like, you know, I might actually like this. And the first episode hooked me. And since then, it's only gotten better. And it's not just the voice actors in it. It's the animation and how they're expressing the characters, the, yeah. their facial expressions, body language, the, 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 uh, the little topics that come up in each show for each character. Just... Everything about it, the fact that the old wheelchair guy turns into a car. I mean, <laughs> they're doing things in the show that are risks, and because they're taking such risks in the show, it works and it pays off, and it's it's great. And you can tell they're taking risks because, like, the reason this show's in the news or was in the news recently is because they wanted to have Batman do a thing that I can't talk oh, about on yeah. Twitch. But the DC execs, execs were like, no, we can't have heroes do that. So they're, they're pushing the envelope even to the point where yeah. the, the DC execs are like, no. Like, so they're they're at that line now. Like, there is a line and they found it. And they can do anything on the other yeah. side of it. But, yeah, I... Devin, what do you like about this show? I, I mean, I love... Honestly, for me, it's the writing. I think the writing in this show is so brilliant. I... I it does such a good job of making characters that only have roughly 30 seconds of screen time per episode be just as memorable as whatever Harley Quinn is doing that show. One of my favorite running gags of this is Clayface, where he's just like trying to sell his acting ability. Like, come on, that's what you do with Clayface. Like, yes, thank you. My my favorite moment of the show is. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Personally, my favorite side character is with Doctor Strange. No, not Doctor Strange. Mister Strange. Doctor one. Doctor. Oh okay, yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I, I, to, to be honest, he's my 
favorite side character and uh, isn't the whole thing because they're constantly badgering him. But then every now and then he hits a home run on his storyline and he like saves mm-hmm. the day. But then they go right back to badgering him again. And he's like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> that... Yeah. I think my favorite uh, side character in the show is Bane because every time Bane shows up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're going to make a joke. Uh, like the first time, <laughs> the first time they showed Bane, he's like, I want to blow up Gotham stadium. And I was like, I was yeah. in Gotham stadium. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they, they have like, I've been jokes. You I didn't know what they were. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know <laughs> what you were sending me. Those were quotes from the show. And it's, you didn't react to them. And I'm like, it's been throwing me off all week so you you (laughs) sent me these when did you send them oh yeah i was with i was with my niece and i'm getting these quotes about bane i'm like i don't know what's going on i'll I'll message it in later and i completely forgot until just now so i'm sorry uh (laughs) it's fine it's fine if you watch the original batman series harley quinn looked just like a court jester yes she did um, they, they updated her to look more like her Suicide Squad in this one. And I think that's the version of Harley Quinn I like the most, where she's not just Joker's sidekick. She's her own independent character. Yeah, that's that's what I like about the Harley Quinn character nowadays, is they've they've established... Mm-hmm. They've, they've acknowledged the fact that the relationship she has with the Joker is uh, not the best. And they've had the character grow outside of that relationship to establish her own friendships with... Uh, her gang in this and poison Ivy and her relationship. Um, and that's something I think we're going to talk a lot about next week when we review the suicide squad. Good. Um, but before we get into uh train wreck, we have one more thing that is kind of a hot topic on the internet right now that we want to talk about. Uh, Ryan and I have both watched all five episodes, but Devin has only seen the first one. So we're going to try to stay as spoiler-free as we can. But we're going to be talking about uh, Masters of the Universe Re- Revelation. Um, so I have no connection to He-Man and Masters of the Universe at all. But I watched this. I enjoyed it. Ryan, what's your history with He-Man? I faintly remember watching episodes reruns when I was a kid. Like that's basically it. Like I remember seeing conversations between He-Man and Skeletor and, you know, you know, like having my dad make fun of the character of Skeletor a few times. I remember getting a Skeletor mask for Halloween one year. That's literally all I remember from the original show. Okay. Devin, what's your connection to He-Man? So I know that it's one of those, I, I know that it was one of those TV shows in the 80s that was really just a vehicle to sell toys. Like, it was basically just a half yes. an hour long ad in a lot of the same way that Transformers was. For that reason, I never liked it. I never, like, felt the need to watch He-Man at all. And I never thought that the premise was cool. Uh, I have seen clips of something that involved these characters. I don't know if it was the show I don't know if it was somebody dubbing over the show, so they say funny things now. I don't know how absurd the show got in its heyday, and I will never know because I'm not going to watch the originals. I, I think the most <laughs> exposure I had to this was probably Robot Chicken Sketches. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, sure, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw one with like Orko, and I'm like, I don't understand what is going on here, but okay. Um, 
So I don't want to get into too many spoilers, but the internet is not happy with the direction the show takes. I'm mad. Uh, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't say the internet as a whole. I would say a portion of the internet on the internet. Portion, portion on, of the internet. Idiots on the internet. <laughs> so hold on, wait. I've seen one episode of this show. I left it literally saying, "That's how you do a, a Masters of the Universe reboot. That's how you do it for me." Yeah. It's like I don't. Yeah. I I don't care about the original characters, but I got an introduction to them. I know what they're all about. I know what the universe is all about. I have. I feel like I have a firm grasp of the world and its stakes. And I know why it's different from the original in, in almost the same way that I would if I had watched all the old shows. Yeah, it does a very good job of telling a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you wanted this just to be a commercial for toys again, it's not that. And I don't know why you would want that to begin with. Um, It's very... It, what they do is very bold, um, but at the same time, it's kind of like where where the show goes is kind of predictable, and I'm really excited to see where the. I feel I feel like these first five episodes were set up for whatever's happening in the next five, and I am super excited for those next five, just based on the ending of episode five. So wait, episode five isn't the end of the season, or is it? And we're going to get a year later. It, five it's months. a ha- halfway through the season. So Netflix, it's doing that thing where Netflix releases half of a season, and then, okay. then they're going to release the next half. So I'm pretty sure the first four, first four episodes are just set up for the whatever's coming next. And I think this is how you mm-hmm. get to where the, the story they wanted to tell. Mm, I don't think it. there's another way to do it except for the way they did it in this. And I, I like all of the actors in this. I think Mark Hamill as Skeletor is a little like it sounds too good to be true, but then you get it. It's like, yeah, this is awesome. Like it just give me yeah. all the Skeletor. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker does a great job. Or not, no, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. I, I don't know why. Oh I said yeah, that. Um, she's Tila, right? She's, she's Tila. Um, and then um, were there any characters that stood out for you guys? I, Ryan, you've seen the whole show so far. Yeah. Well, to, uh, honestly, I mean, I always found Skeletor to be a funny character, even as a villain. And even in this, like, the aspects of what I remember Skeletor being when I, of, like, the faint memories I have of the ep- bits of episodes that I saw when I was a kid, lines up with how he was in the original show. Just goofy, r- ridiculous, stupid, just happens to have superpowers. And wants world domination. And (laughs) I got what I wanted out of that character. There's a moment in episode three that, that Skeletor has a great line that I don't want to spoil for Devin, but we'll have to talk about Uh it later. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to watch this show quick. Yeah. Ryan, I'll send you that quote later in case you missed it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. It makes me kind of want to watch, like go back and watch like the He-Man movie. But maybe we'll do that. What? Yeah, there's a live action movie with uh, Dolph no, Lundgren no. as He Man. Dolph no, Lundgren? No. No. Yeah. No. No. Oh, I love it. You made me I'm, watch I'm Mortal Kombat. Is, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'll do it. There is no. There is. There is no. No level of comparison between the complete <laughs> lack 
of any type of any type of artistry in that Masters of the Universe movie compared to the Mortal Kombat movie. There is You're only no making comparison. me want to see it harder, uh, Ryan. Okay, we'll, we'll do that that's one. That's fine. I can make you watch as much as you want. Um, but, yeah, I... I'm kind of interested in the, the toys now and like I, I I'm I'm into He-Man now. Like at least this iteration of it. So um see my my wife is a fan of the movie, so I feel like I'm going to be ending up watching it here soon. So I'll watch it. 100%. <laughs> but I love that it's Dolph it's Lundgren. Good, good casting. And then Skeletor is. is played by Frank Langella. Who's that? He was Perry White in the Brandon Routh Superman. He was Nixon and Frost Nixon. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Do they like do they make him look like Skeletor or is it like like that thing they do in movies where he's like a business executive with a face tattoo? I I don't know. I haven't seen it. So I just know okay. who's in it. Yeah. Um Ryan's yeah, getting it, it, Ryan's getting it, some support from friend of the show Andrew about uh, yeah. Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah, God, I love so, me some bad movies. It's though. a good laugh. Be. It's a good laugh. It's a good, funny, bad movie. It's got great, horribly done costuming, nah. and it's your typical like you know nineteen eighties. Let's make a movie out of a successful kids cartoon, eighties style. Good. Good. I'm here for it. So, Devin, you'll probably love every aspect of it. I will. I will. I mean, how do you make, like, in for real, like, without sty- a stylized cartoon, how do you make He-Man's getup not look stupid? It's basically, like, a loincloth. Oh, it looks stupid. Yeah, it's like a loincloth, and then, like, someone attached a few bits of aluminum foil to his chest. And not just that, but you've also got the bowl cut. Oh! <laughs> Bowl cut. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else we want to talk about before we get into today's main topic? No, I'm, I want to dive in. I want to talk about okay. this movie. All right. So if you're joining us, today's main topic is the 2015 film Trainwreck starring Amy Schumer, Bill Hader, Brie Larson, and Colin Quinn. This film is directed by Judd Apatow and written by Amy Schumer. It tells us uh, the film is about uh, Amy's character having thought that monogamy was never possible. A commitment phobic career woman may have to face her fears when she meets a good guy. Um, So this is a romantic comedy. I saw this in theaters back when it came out. um, And I really enjoyed it then. Uh, I have since watched it several times on blu-ray because it's just one of our go-to comedies um i had you guys watch the unrated version and then i messed up and watched the the rated r version and had to go through and watch all the changes um but ryan i know you've seen this film before what was your what's your history with train wreck i saw it once Uh, Kristen and I were very interested in it because it was when Amy Schumer was, you know, getting big and like there were parts of it that there were, there are parts of it that I appreciate and that I like and that that I find hysterical, but I haven't had the want to ever watch it again. 
until we did it for the show. Okay. That's my feeling on the film. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've watched it. Um, this is one of my wife's go-to movies, so she'll watch it more often than I will. Um, because one of her other go-to movies is Independence Day, but I yell at her because she's only allowed to watch that one day a year. Uh, <laughs> she can watch Trainwreck whenever she wants. Um, and I know she's watching right now, so hi. Alan has spoken. Yes. Um, <laughs> Devin, what's your history with, with Trainwreck and Amy Schumer? Have you seen this? Fi- I, I knew the film existed, right? I didn't know everything about it. I think I knew that I, I, I kind of got the general sense of Amy Schumer before. Cause there's that, she did that like show on comedy central, called, like inside Amy Schumer. And yeah. Yeah. when, when this movie came out, I don't know what happened to me. Right. As when did this come out? 2015. 15. Okay. I don't know what happened to me. I ceased being a 25 year old man when this movie came out and I turned into a 90 year old woman. And my reaction to this movie was, I don't want to listen to that lady talk about a vagina for two hours and just did not watch the movie based on that. Like that was, that was literally it. And I don't know why I thought that, uh, but that was my reaction to it. So then like anytime this movie came up, I was like, I have no interest in that. And we just like switched to this nineties woman persona or 90 year old persona. Yeah. that, That was my history with this movie. To be fair, I think she only talks about that body part specifically for like 30 seconds. Fair, fair. If we're talking about just that one, fair. Yeah. Um, And she goes in depth, uh, literally. Uh, um, So there's a lot I want to talk about with this movie, but the reason we we're watching this because this was the first time I was introduced to John Cena, the actor uh, <laughs> who has a part in here as her boyfriend at the beginning of the film, who she is cheating on a lot and seeing sleeping with other guys behind his back. Um, what did you guys think of John Cena in this? It's a part that I saw. It's this is, to me, John Cena's character in this goes into the category of, oh, look, here's a big bustly guy playing the dork. Yeah. Because, 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 because I mean, really, they really don't play out his character any more than that. So, like, it's funny. There are parts of it that are hysterical that he does, mostly physical humor. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, like, I remember seeing commercials for him for, like, stuff where he's a super soldier or, like, a Marine and stuff like that, and then I saw that he was going to be in like in, uh, this this comedy. I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. And then I saw what they did with him, and I'm like, I'm kind of disappointed. <laughs> I had the opposite. I loved him in this. Yeah, I know that. Chat, I know chat saying that scene as an actor is not great. He has some of my favorite. Like, I think my favorite bit is the movie theater bit, where he's like trying to be all tough and hard and insult this guy, and like. He wants you. Yeah, he ends up like hitting on the guy. Now, like John Cena as an actor, I can't really speak outside of the comedic roles that I've seen because I've seen him in this and I've seen him in Sisters. John Cena as a comedic actor stole me, like, like won my heart in this movie. Like, I like as soon as I saw this movie, I was like, he needs to be in like a Marvel movie or something. And now he's going to be in the Suicide Squad as Peacemaker. Yeah. And I can't wait to see this film. I think it says a lot that they already filmed his HBO Max show based on his character. Oh, going, wow. yeah, going into this movie, I think he does comedy very well. He's very good at like 
delivery, his joke delivery is good, but he doesn't, he doesn't do the Fallon thing where he breaks mm-hmm. easily. Like his delivery is spot on for what it needs to be. And that movie theater, theater scene is the perfect example. Um, like I, I cannot wait to see more comedic John Cena. Well, I mean, and to Ryan's point, I liked his whole, like, I liked his physicality in this part too. Like, yeah. The scene when they're in bed together, him just spasming at the end. I laughed out loud at that because that's really funny. Like he does a great freaking job of it. Uh, and he's not the only. Uh, I want to say athlete is is wrestling a sport. Does that count? Like, yes. he, they are athlete? athletes. Okay, they are he, athletes. Okay, wrestling He's, may not be a sport in itself, but they okay. are athletes. All right. <laughs> He's not the only athlete who acts in this. Uh, the other reason I want to talk about this is this was LeBron James's big screen debut as well, who is now on HBO Max and in Cineplexes at in as um, LeBron James in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Uh, what did you guys think of LeBron James in this? <laughs> I liked him better than Space Jam. I love this part for him. I see it. Like, seeing this, I go, oh, yeah, he needs to lead a movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. The, the way that you guys feel about John Cena in this movie is the way that I feel about LeBron James in this movie. Um, yeah. Everything from, and, and honestly, it's the majority of my favorite parts involve him, especially with the ticket validation, him having the meal with Aaron, uh, going over, you know, what to say on the phone call and then him yeah. leaving his wallet in his, you know, pants <laughs> and then you know, that whole thing. Like just the back and forth that he was able to do completely deadpan playing, not really himself, but playing himself. I'm surprised he hasn't been in more since this. Because it's been six years, seven years. Uh, in the chat, John Cena is the most subtle actor of our time. I can never find him in <laughs> his movies. Thanks, Chad. Thanks. Um, oh, if, he did, if he didn't make the punchline, I was going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, LeBron James in this. Having watched Space Jam, I want to know what happened between this and Space Jam. Because... Mm-hmm. He's so charismatic in this, but in Space Jam, it's so dry, mm-hmm. like and, and like disappointing. Like I, th- this made me want to see a Space Jam with him in it. And then in the Space Jam that we got, he's like, "No, you have to play basketball." Like he's so stern with his son, it takes away all of the fun that like Michael Jordan was even having in the first Space Jam. And you get a little bit of that towards the end of the movie, but it's not enough to save it or at least save his performance. Um, and have it comes down to the writing. It, it, it does. Really... It really does. Um, which is a good segue. This was Amy Schumer's first screenplay. Oh, um, wow. And it's based on her life. Her dad did. Her dad did suffer from MS. I'm not sure if he has passed away since or not. But so it's based on her true life. Like she did, tr- she did have a father who had MS and was struggling with it. Um, at the time of the film, he hadn't passed away yet. I don't know if he has since, but uh, it it does the thing that John Apatow movie 
Judd Apatow product, projects have done recently where they they take he takes an a uh, comedian and explores their life through their through their lens. So mm-hmm. Amy Schumer sits down and writes a screenplay about her life. Um uh he did Kumail, right? He produced uh I think he produced Kumail's. Yeah. Um he produced and directed Crashing with Pete Holmes. I I was yeah. blanking on Pete Holmes's name. And then um Pete Davidson's King of Staten Island based on his true life. They cut out a little bit about his dad dying in 9/11, but it's still based on the same idea. Like it's these autobiograph- autobiographical comedian stories that mm-hmm. he's been doing since Trainwreck. Um, have you guys seen any of those and, and enjoyed them? Or is I love Crashing. No, I think Crashing is just wonderful. Okay. I love everything about it. Ryan, have you seen any of these? Have you seen any of them, Alan? I have. I haven't seen King of Staten Island, but I've seen uh, The Big Sick, and I've seen... You know, I'm trying to wonder. I'm trying to remember if Judd Apatow was involved in the Big Sick because I know he oh, didn't I, direct it. I like the Big Sick a lot. I know that's. I, I know that's why I brought it up because it, it felt like exactly this vein. It was a comedian telling a story about his life. He, he was a producer felt, on it. Yeah, it felt very Apatow, like in general. Yeah, uh, and I loved it. Uh, I, I liked Crashing a lot. I'm disappointed yeah. it didn't get a third season. Um, Is it just done now? Yeah. Yeah, they canceled That's it before. Shame. They canceled it before uh, COVID. They canceled it before oh, HBO Max, and they made the shift to all of the HBO Max shows. So, oh, yeah, you can, th- you can thank the new Looney Tunes for crashing being canceled. Uh, Thanks, bugs. Hmm. Um. Yeah, we just made it weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, so you bring up a good point about this movie that I liked was all of the people in this movie that I didn't know were in this movie. Like I, you warned me about um, oh the her boss I can't remember her name her last name Swinton Tilda Swinton Tilda Swinton you warned me about Tilda Swinton nobody warned me about Mike Birbiglia I love Mike Mike Birbiglia in this movie uh, and it just every, like every other scene like someone like Pete Davidson was in it for three seconds like I loved all of these people popping up and they were just they had such fun parts. Randall Parks in there, uh, Councilman yeah. Jam from Parks and Recreation. I don't know his real name. Uh, no, it, that's Vanet- it. <laughs> Vanessa Bayer. Um, yeah, I, I did forget about Mike Birbiglia. I, once I saw him on the screen, I was like, oh, yeah, Mike Birbiglia. Sleepwalk with me. Yeah. Um, Devin, have you seen Sleepwalk with me? I have. I, I have, okay. and I've read the book. I, okay. I am one of the biggest Birbiglia fans in the world. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is in here. I mean, Brie Larson, I know we didn't bring her up, but she's really obviously in this movie. Um, Ezra Miller is in here. <laughs> Ezra Miller. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, was there anyone in here that you saw and like, oh, yeah, I, I know that who they are now. As in, like, like somebody, somebody, I, somebody who we watched get... it before to now. Yeah. 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 Like somebody who like, oh yeah, I know them from that other thing. I didn't realize Brie was in it the first time I saw it okay. because I didn't know who she was. And then, you know, now going back, I was like, oh, cool. That's her. She's in it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I, I noticed her. <laughs> Everybody else though, it's just, you know, 
Okay. So, Alan, I have to ask the question. All right. Yes. I, I like you, watched the theatrical version for maybe 20 minutes, went, oh, no, and then watched the unrated version, and then did the whole, okay, what's the difference? What did I miss? And rewatched the little bits that I missed. Why did you pick us to ha- watch the unrated version? I have my thoughts and what I think it was, but why did you have us watch the unrated version as opposed to the theatrical version? So this is kind of my bad. I I, I always like the, the the uncut versions because just because it they most of the time it lands a little bit more. There's some mm-hmm. story beats that make a little bit more sense. Um, my mistake here was. There are about an hour or in change of deleted scenes for this movie on the Blu-ray. Oh, wow. And I was thinking that a lot of those were in the extended cut and they Mm -hmm. were not. Um, Uh My wife has been bugging me to go through and edit together a super cut of this movie because there are deleted scenes that make the story make more sense. There's a deleted scene where Bill Hader says, I need you to be in the audience for this speech because I'm going to be talking to you. And then when he gets upset when she's not there, it makes a little bit more sense. It still kind of makes sense in the version that we see, but you have more context for that. And I feel like it it makes the stakes mean more during it. Like, she left and it looked like he was disappointed. I'm like, yeah, but she's on a work call. I get it. Like, I am with you, Amy Schumer. Yeah, And then he starts overreacting and it feels like he's overreacting. It doesn't feel like she did anything wrong there. Yeah. And you're right. It recontextualizes that scene. I'm excited to see that line. Yeah. So that that's partly why I had you watch the unrated cut. What did you think it was? I thought it was for the extended oh. Matthew Broderick scene. I'm also. I the, yeah. I'm glad that we got the extended Matthew Broderick scene. I. My favorite line. My favorite line is, "Yeah, we all can't. Who is it? We all can't star in in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and marry someone from Sex in the City." I did. Yeah. There are three other women. <laughs> yeah. One of them. Oh my gosh. One of them's gay. Oh. She wasn't always oh. <laughs> like. <laughs> like yeah, Matthew. Perfect. Like like that whole scene. Like I don't know the sports people in that scene. Like I, but I get that you have a commentator. Commentator, I don't know who the woman is, but mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick just steals that scene. Oh, absolutely, Ryan. Who is who is the woman in that scene? And and who could you can contextualize the commentator? It's all basketball. Oh, it's, is it? It it it, it it's all basketball. Got it. I, I mean, know I had a star players. Yeah. Like it, that's the one thing where I'm like, you know, you've got LeBron James and you've mm-hmm. got all of that, but then you've got like the other players that, that come in uh, throughout the movie, especially with a few of the surgeries. <laughs> um, but other than that, when it comes to like the anchors and like either, you know, you know like on court reporters and stuff like that, plus I haven't actually had cable to watch a live basketball game in like 10 years. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, so the one person we haven't really talked about in this yet is Bill Hader. Oh. Ryan, what is your when you think of Bill Hader? What is your go-to project? Like, what what pops in your head immediately? 
honestly as of right now it it okay oh fine yeah Devin, how about yeah, you? Yeah, uh, because I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I'm starting to realize that there's kind of a delay between us. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, yeah, no, it's just because that's 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 the most recent. That's what I've seen him in, like the most at the moment. So my so my mind always goes to that, especially the scene where they see the little dog and it turns into the monster. I see that <laughs> image in my head of that scene happening but I, I know he's done other stuff that, that that i've really enjoyed and i like his work in this movie yeah Devin, how about you same question barry hands down barry i have never seen a show switch from dramatic tension to quentin tarantino violence to literal slapstick comedy so seamlessly and so well as barry did and i hope it didn't get canceled i don't know if it did and if it did, I'm going to be really upset because the way it ends so far, I need to see more. Okay. So, no, it was not canceled. They went, they had like their first table reading the day everything shut down for, for COVID. So, oh. they they went on hold for production. I think they just started up production mm-hmm. on season three and they're shooting season four back to back. So, oh, cool. so okay. we're getting two more seasons. They're being shot back to back. So, um, for me, I knew him on SNL. Yeah. I, I think the, the first thing that I can remember seeing him in, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's awesome. Is he was in a sketch with Seth MacFarlane doing the, the puppet teach the puppet class. And he just says like the puppet version of himself. He's dressed like a, uh, a vet from like Vietnam. And he's got the puppet is like, just, talking about like the horrific stuff he saw in Grenada. Uh, <laughs> and like Seth MacFarlane's like being all happy, cheery. I was like, this guy's really good. Um, and then I got to like, into like a lot of his SNL sketches with Stefan. And, oh, yeah. uh, he, he, uh, the Vincent price Halloween specials are fantastic. He does some weird impressions. Uh, you ever watch it? Ever watch him on Conan? Like on Conan's last episode, last week of shows, he had Bill Hader just come on and do all of his impressions. And Bill Hader was like, "Well, you want me to just dance for you? Like I'm a monkey?" Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, <laughs> the chat the chat knows which uh, which sketch I'm talking about. Um, they also mentioned his Judd Hirsch impression. There, there's a weird. There's a cut for scene sketch with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Bill Hader, like as yeah. '70s detectives, called Kanish. It's really weird. I'll have to send it to you. But he does a Judd Judd Hirsch impression, the dad from Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like the whole thing is done by Judd Hirsch's production company, and like the tag, like you know how they do the titles for the production companies. Yeah, they do one where it's just him eating, like opening a bag from a ba- from a deli. He's like, "What you got there, Judge?" He's like, "Bupkis." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, his impressions are fantastic. Uh, I really like him as a leading man in this because it's it's a little bit of drama with the relationship stuff, but it's mostly comedy, and he's the straight man in this. Like, he's very. He's not doing impressions. He's not doing a lot of jokes. He's pretty much just 
reacting to everything that Amy does or LeBron does. And like, there's some improvised improvised moments. Like when he makes the basketball shot, like that didn't, like that wasn't in the script. He actually did that. And that was all improvised. Oh, I like, love that's that. actually him gloating on LeBron. Like I, I'm never playing basketball again. Like, I just scored on LeBron. It <laughs> <laughs> makes it seem so much better. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the scenes with LeBron, Chris Rock was present, so he helped come up with some of the lines that they improvised on the spot. Um, cool. And maybe that's what Space Jam needed, just Chris Rock on the sidelines. You know, everyone else was there. Yeah. At least their characters were. writing it. But, right. um, but yeah, so, I really, All right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. So well, now that we're talking about, like, that relationship, is it weird that I didn't know that this was a rom-com until about halfway through i just figured it was like a comedy i didn't know that like the main the main deal was the romance there well i figured it was gonna be more like anchorman like i would never call anchorman a rom-com i would call anchorman like a workplace comedy with some buddies i figured that this was gonna be let's watch amy schumer drink and joke about herself by the way she got bill Hader to join along it's so it doesn't it is a rom-com. I will give you that, but it doesn't follow the, the, the formula that you would get with a regular rom-com. It, it goes a little, I, th- I think Judd Apatow does this a lot with his movie. He goes a little bit more into character mm-hmm. than you would in a typical rom-com, like uh, not to throw Amy Schumer under the bus, but I feel pretty like, I don't feel like that goes too deep into her character. I feel like that's just, I I'm the prettiest and like, here's the hook of the movie. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like about Judd Apatow stuff, whether it's, um, funny people or, uh, 40 year old virgin, you really get into the, these characters and understand why they are the way they are. Um, and this one, you get a lot of the backstory with her dad and the way, uh, he lived his life. And like her dealing with, I don't want to end up like that. Um, like I, I, I think it, I, I was curious what you thought of it as a rom-com because I didn't really sell it to you as a rom-com. Right. So, so it, it, it hit me in waves where I was like, like the, the second it started out with the, the dad being like, monogamy is a lie. Would you only play with one doll forever? I'm like, rom-com and they're like no no it's just a silly part in the <laughs> beginning and then it like you know it had the john cena thing and i'm like okay fine she's gonna show her hop around relationships just silly amy schumer and then like they had the meet cute and i was like why oh, is rom-com oh no and it didn't hurt it at all for me except for one part i i don't know if i've made this clear yet i love this movie i had to buy this movie to watch it i don't regret it for a second i'm going to be watching it again i love this movie the movie almost lost me at one point, and I want to know if you guys felt the same way about it as I did. Because this is a problem in my mind with rom-coms, and the reason that I don't like them, because there's always a moment like this, and it always freaking takes me out of it, because I keep thinking logistics. And that is when Amy, Bill Hader is like at basketball game, it's after the surgery that he like completed, he did it well, the guy's back on the court, he's playing well, good, big moment for them. He and Amy Schumer are breaking broken up. By the way, her character's name is just Amy in this movie. Good for her. 
he and Amy are broken up. Uh, and then she comes in with the cheerleaders and I don't know how much time has passed, but they've choreographed, practiced, and staged all of this. She's coordinated the lights person. She's coordinated the stunt basketball team. She's gotten every cheerleader on the squad involved in this. Sure, she can't dance like they can, and I'm glad that they included that bit, but they did this big romantic gesture that would have taken days, if not weeks, if not months, and a lot of money, and a lot of everyone's time to do, and it took me right out of the movie. It was funny. It, I get it, but oh my god, did it lose me. Can I say something to that? Go, yeah, go for do it. it. Please do. The reason why the ending for me doesn't even make me bat an eye at uh-huh. that is because depending on how like important the game is, those shows in between the actual playing time, they can be kind of ridiculous onto that level. Oh, yeah. So she knows the players. Through the players, she knows the owners. And because of the importance that, you know, Aaron has for pretty much all the basketball players for that team, it's easy for her to just kind of needle her way into it. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that LeBron James is like super invested in Aaron's relationship to begin with. So if it did come Mm -hmm. down to the way I look at it is LeBron helped her get it all set up. They, she maybe did like a few rehearsals with them during the week before that game. Uh, and then they just used it as a rehearsal for their show because that's pretty much just the halftime show. Right. So I don't think it was really that yeah. much money wise. I don't think it was that much of a stretch. I think time wise it's, it's pushing it a little bit, but Amy Schumer did spend months practicing with the cheerleaders to get to that point. Wow. Or good not months, but she did spend some a good chunk of time. Okay, let me let me take one more swing at this to to see why I had a problem. So logistically, fine. You guys did a great job of explaining that. I think because Alan mentioned a really good point that this focuses on characters. This is an overarching kind of comedy trope or rom-com tropes. Some of them happen, right? They have the middle bit where they break up and then they realize that they're happier together. But in general, I love watching Amy's character grow from start to finish in this movie. She has a lot of really good, very personal moments. I love watching Bill Hader grow as a person in in this entire thing, good personal moments. I feel like this was the one thing that could have been a good, strong personal moment that was too showy and over the top. I understand that for Amy Schumer's character, it showed that she tried and put effort into something for once. And I get that, but I don't know that it had to be like, it felt too artificial, I think. Okay, I think it shows more... It shows that she put effort into it, but there's also that conversation where he says, you know why you don't like cheerleaders is because you're always bringing people down. Cheerleaders are there to bring other people up. Oh, okay. And I think that's the reason she chooses this way to show him her affection and try to get him back. That, and it's also a complete flip from how they first met with her ragging on sports and him calling her out on it. And then it's her being a part of the thing. Well, yeah. and, and part of that is I did like, though, was watching her character, her character's idea of sports kind of change when it became contextualized through like Bill Hader's character. Like 
it showed that she was open to things and like her change and, and appreciation for it kind of grew along with her as a character. And also meeting the actual people that actually play it. Well, I do think that in chat, I think chat just nailed it too, though. It had to happen for rom-com tropes. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I think, I think that might, I think if down at its very core, I think that might just be my problem is it felt too rom-com tropey. It felt like, you know, Hey, I'm a down on his luck guy from Manhattan and I got all of the New York Yankees to propose to you for me. I, I no. think it I think it does a good job of twisting the trope a little bit because if it was just a straight rom com trope, it would have stopped when she goes over and talks to him the first time, but then she's like, Oh no, I gotta go finish the dance and he's like, Wait, what? And then she yeah. like comes out with a basketball it just <laughs> face plants like a rom com wouldn't do that. Like you wouldn't see no. Kate Kate Hudson doing that for Matthew McConaughey. Like Normally, when people hit a trampoline, they go up. You just went down. I've never yeah. seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the writing in this is really good. I mean, that's the thing is Amy Schumer is a great writer. I, mm-hmm. At least from what I've seen in this movie. I've seen I Feel Pretty. It was fine. But I think she's great in this. Or her writing's great. Yeah, see, that's where I am. Guys, I love I Am Pretty. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen it. You know, I... I wonder if I were to rewatch it, if I would have more appreciation for it. Because A, I've seen more rom-coms between now and then, thanks to you guys. Uh, and, and B, I have since then learned to stop building a movie in my head and then being upset that it wasn't the movie that I built in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, I think that's what it was, is I love the premise of I Feel Pretty. Like, I love the idea of, you know, Forget you guys and your, you know, beauty standards. I'm gorgeous. I love that. That's a yeah. good message. Send that to everyone, please. And then for some reason, I just like, I built, I, since I, I grasped that message so hard, I just built this whole movie out and that's my bad. Like I, okay. bad Devin. To keep it very simple, that's because the movie wasn't just about, you know, the benefits of having good self-esteem and what it can mm-hmm. give you. It was also making fun of the fashion industry. Yeah, like heavily, and that was another part of it too. Just calling out, the, calling out the hypocrisy in it. And so, there's two things to the movie "I Am Pretty," and I, I honestly feel like what they do with Amy, with Amy's character in "I Am Pretty," is just as character driven as this, mm-hmm. because they do give you a lot of back story on her to show you why she's so obsessed with fashion and everything the way she is and then why everything changes when she has her accent do, so i haven't seen the film but does the, yeah. does that one delve into her relationships as well outside of the romantic ones because this oh, film yeah, also does yeah. a great job of diving into her relationship with her father with her sister um See, with it, with the men that she's sleeping with because mm-hmm. uh even even though that montage at the beginning, you get it, you know where she stands in those relationships. And then when John Cena comes along and then Bill Hader, like, yeah. So when it comes to, I am pretty, it shows the relationship changed with her best friends, with her coworkers. Um, I forget mm-hmm. if her parents are in it or not, but she also builds friendships after, you know, during the whole process of her doing the whole, you know, like good self-esteem thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's, shows how those relationships change at the end. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a rom-com between her and 
her love interest. It's also the love interest she has with herself and how that changes her relationships with other people. Yeah, and, you know, I do appreciate that. And now it that even I goes about it. And it even goes to the point of, yeah. And it even gets into the pain of having too much self esteem. Yeah. What can happen in that realm? And it's just, I don't know. Like, I, when it comes to, like, this movie compared to I Am Pretty, I like the character that she plays in I Am Pretty more and care about that character more than I care about the character in this film. Well, and I that's th- where, like, I saw this movie originally. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Well, I was going to say, I think that's intentional. Like, I don't think you're supposed to really like Amy as a character in this. You're supposed to grow and grow to like her. You're not supposed to like her from the get go. Yeah, well, I mean, that's true. But even as it was going forward, like, my interest and my involvement was with other characters on this and not really with hers. Because, and this gets into my deal with celebrities and with comedians in general. When I was in high school, I had one of I, I I'm going to call it a Devin moment, where I thought to myself, you know, because, like, I obsessed over band members, I obsessed over certain actors, and I saw an interview with one once where they were complaining about not being able to go to the grocery store like they used to, because because they were always getting hounded. And I probably thought way too deeply about that conversation, and I created, like, I changed my view on celebrities at that point, and... Unless there were something very specific about the person or about mm-hmm. whatever medium I saw them in, I purposely prevented myself from like, learning, like not learning names, but like learning stuff about them sure. or really caring about them outside of what their work was. Because I mean, like there's the majority of baseball players that they don't wear masks. If I saw one shopping at the Walmart here in town, I probably wouldn't even recognize it. Because I like to watch them play. I like the effort they put in. I don't really care to memorize their faces. And I do the same thing with comedians. So that's when it comes to any type of movies like this, like The Big Sick and stuff like that, I'm not really interested on co- like comedian life stories, mainly for that reason. I know that sounds weird, but like I said, this is my Devin thing. Nice. Fair. I feel Fair. like you'll I feel like you'll enjoy the big sick though. Um just knowing what I know about you and your history, I think you'd ap- yeah. appreciate the big sick. Yeah. That one's been on my radar cuz I heard an interview with that actor, with mm-hmm. that comedian on NPR years ago talking about the actual story behind the story for the movie. Well, and I, talking about how and, and all that and it was a great interview so it's been on my radar it's just it's one of those things where it's like i'll watch episode one of star wars before i'll watch that <laughs> yeah. i think i think that might be our tie-in for eternals because kumail is in eternals and i don't feel like talking about nomadland on this podcast so no i agree i agree thank yeah. you no i mean no, no we'll don't get me wrong don't get me wrong nomadland is a beautiful film I just, there's nothing I can say about it besides it's beautiful and it's well done. Um, but I don't, I can't talk about it for an hour. If if it makes you feel better, I don't even know what it's about. 
I, I don't, and I don't need to know. I don't need to know right now. It's fine. I just, I, I don't know. Boy, no, no. It's from the director of the. It came out last year. It came out in 2020. No man's land. No mad land. No mad land. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you said man's land, and I'm like, no. what's, what's the no. what's this big right. deal about a cowboy All right. any, the river? Just any final thoughts on Trainwreck? I, it delightfully surprised me. I really like this movie. I own the unrated version. I really can't wait to watch it again, because I feel like I missed a bunch. Because the writing's so sharp, and it's so fast, and like I can't wait to watch it again. When you go back and watch it again, uh, check. you probably have the, the deleted scenes. Go, yeah. Just go in and look at how many there are. There are two pages of deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. Wow. Yeah. There's that many. Hold on. And did we miss a cameo in the deleted scenes? Yes. Who? Ryan Philippi. Who's that? Uh, he used to be married to <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Cruel Intentions. Okay. Ah, Okay. I think Romana told me about that one. I think she saw that extent deleted scene because I remember I, I remember having this conversation. Yeah. Um, Ryan, any final thoughts? I my overall view of the movie hasn't really changed changed since the first time I saw it. Um, but I did enjoy re-seeing the scenes that I liked again. Yeah. Mainly with Bill Hader and LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there are also some de- extended scenes in the in the Blu-ray there too. So good. Um, they might not all be deleted, but there there's a lot of cut stuff from this. So, all right. Well, that does it for Trainwreck this week. Next week was supposed to be Devin's pick, but uh, we overrode him. And next week we will be talking about James Gunn's DC film debut, The Suicide Squad. Uh, starring John Cena, Nathan Fillion, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Pete Davidson, Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Jai Courtney, um, Peter Capaldi. I'm so impressed you got this many. That's about all I can get. Um, yeah. So we'll be talking about that next week. Um, I'm excited because I think this is going to be my return to theaters. Um, oh, that'll be cool. I might go Thursday. I'm not sure yet. I'm still kind of waiting out this Delta variant to see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, I'll watch it at home, but I'm hoping to make it to the theaters. So stay tuned for that next week. In the meantime, if you're watching us on Twitch, go ahead and hit that follow button. We really want to make it to 50 followers here soon. Yeah. Um, Devin will be streaming again on Friday, working on getting his Rick Sanchez skin for for Fortnite. Guys, I'm um, so close. You are. You're very close. But then you so got to get the the slime skin, and then Superman, and then Superman, su- and then Superman um, which will tie into the DC stuff. Um, so go ahead and hit that follow button. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch all of our older episodes that Twitch doesn't keep. Uh, you can also listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on all major podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Amazon Music, 
Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Until next time for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And I don't have a line for this one. Check! Oh, probably be dead. Check! <laughs> I forgot to say, that's something I threaten my wife with every time we go out to eat. Like, if we don't get the check right away, like, <laughs> like, like should I do it? Should I do the check? I really like that. That was a yeah. good scene. Yeah. My anyway. grandfather used to do that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He was a bastard. <laughs> <laughs>